much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. And what are practical things people can do to anchor into Christ? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, I work with a lot of leaders in my practice. And so when they feel shaken and they're like, oh my gosh, my finances aren't as secure as I thought, or Mm -hmm. my clientele or my patients aren't coming back for dentists or uh, medical doctors and corporate leaders. So what does that look like on a practical, what can people do in a daily practice to help anchor them into Christ? Christ? Well, I do think there is a sort of a, an awareness that has to come upon you. And then you can use, you can use the strength of discipline, which many very uh, strong leaders have. So you can, you can set your will to turn your face toward God every day. I think that's very important, but you need to understand that when you set your will to turn your face toward God, it's like you are an extension cord. And so what you do, you agree each morning to acknowledge that I am a cord without power. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm kind of gangly. I'm a bridge, right? I have weird purpose. Different people plug in for different things are constantly sucking power from me. But ultimately that morning before you leave, I would encourage you to even just have this mental image of surrender and a recognition, man, I'm facing a lot today. I, I just need to be centered. I, I might even feel shaken. I might feel the storm or even just the beauty of success is very intense. Mm-hmm. And to see that, you know, that cord plug into like your wall outlet, you know, or whatever the source of power. And even in that moment, that cord doesn't move. It doesn't change. But the truth is that power is now in the cord, right? So now you're positioned. And then whatever is needed, like you can allow people to draw off your power, but it doesn't have to just destroy you because ultimately you should just be bridging power. Mm-hmm. It should be going through. So that's a mental exercise to help that leader, because I think that leader needs to intention to daily devote themselves. But let me just say that will not hold you very long. Yeah. You need community. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm talking about community is a place where you take off your title and you don't wear your doctor robe and you might, you know, I wouldn't really suggest this, but you might need to take off your wedding ring, like stop wearing all these roles. Where is a place that you feel safe? So that might be a therapist. I found a therapist to be extremely helpful to discover what I think. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing about therapists is they don't just tell me what they think. They actually help me find out what I think. Mm-hmm. So a therapist, but also a friend, Man, a good friend, a good girlfriend changed my life while we walked around the block. Like we just took walks and she changed my life. I didn't even know I was being encouraged or discipled or mentored. So you need a friend. Do you have a friend? Like, actually, you'd be surprised how many key leaders do not have a real friend. It's true. You know, you can have all these friends who love you on Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram and, and do they even, you know, they'll meet you for lunch or whatever, but do you have anybody you can call and be like, you want to go shopping or let's see a movie, or I want to take a walk. You, are you available? You're going to find out who your friends are and true friends, comrades are rare, yeah. but you need them. So I think you need some comrades. You might need a mentor, a therapist, 
It's like a whole arsenal that could be yes. on a tool belt. You know, my husband uh, used to climb roofs for a living and uh, now he runs a company that hires people to climb roofs, which I'm so glad because we're not as young as we used to be, but uh, you know, he'll pull up in front of a stranger's home and they don't know who he is. He's in a random vehicle and he would get out and he would pull out of his back seat a tool belt and he would put it on and he would tease me. He would say, just a minute, I need to put on my tool belt of authority. And I was like, where are you jumping? And he goes, well, they feel better. They have more confidence in you. If you walk to the door with your tools showing and, you know, he had everything on that tool belt he needed to accomplish the job. And I have just leaned on that for so many seasons. Like you have a tool belt of authority uh, in your life. And it's very powerful, but there are times like I wanted my husband to get in the car and take off the tool belt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can't just depend on the tool belt to always establish your credibility and your authority. Yeah. And so who are you in relationship with? Who are your comrades? Who are your mentors? Yeah. And uh, be careful, be so careful not to believe that success equals your, your, personhood. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm super grateful that with the psychology training of being a therapist, you learn the importance of self-care and we reiterate it like a mantra in our field um, that I can't give out of an empty cup. And so if I'm not making sure that I'm getting filled back up. And so I've heard the extremes on both sides that um, some of my clients work with maybe a manager who is like, this is everything that's going on in my life and blah, blah, blah. And you better never leave because I'm depending on you and yes. I need you. And, <laughs> and it's just like, whoa, that's a lot um, yes. for a codependent leader, <laughs> you know? And so we unplug, got, unplug. <laughs> got the extreme on that side where it's like, right. oh, that's not healthy vulnerability. That's not what we mean. Right. That's mm-hmm. obviously somebody who is not stewarding their soul. And this is obviously in corporate America, not a therapist, um, but they're not stewarding their own soul and they're not creating margin and space to do that. That now it's kind of like oozing or what we would call bootleg therapy. Like she's getting her emotional yes. on somebody that's a subordinate that's not supposed to be carrying her. That's and really on the other extreme, working with a lot of people that are so isolated and insulated inside of themselves that they're not very gracious or warm or understanding to other people because, I mean, unconsciously, if I'm not letting myself fall apart, you better not either. Exactly. So there's the deadline, you better meet it, and there is no margin of grace. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They love Jesus and they're gracious people yeah. in general, but that, that but now we're talking business, you know, yes. so yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so then it creates this polarity where people have to live within a, um, a restraint instead of a fluidity of, Hey, today I can sense that you're needing this and a softer approach. But again, as a leader, I know as a therapist, if I don't spend at least a couple hours every morning saying, hey, Jesus, I'm scared. I'm overwhelmed. Um, This is happening in my personal life, or this is happening to me because of the pandemic or 
whatever's going on. If I'm not getting my emotional needs met directly, then I know that I am vulnerable to trying to get my needs met through my clients or other people that it would be inappropriate. And so I think what you're touching on is so relevant and so important that a lot of people have blind spots to be aware of maybe how much we're leaning on people in inappropriate ways, um, or we're trying to be so perfect and have this glossy veneer that we're not being authentic and transparent and safe to say, Hey, I get what that's like. Hey, I'm a safe person. I can resonate with what you're going through without necessarily giving all my baggage. And unfortunately I'll, you know, hear the worst case scenarios of every scenario. Yes, Um, you do. People always come, I'm sure in crisis, right? (laughs) Like we don't come till we have to. (laughs) Exactly. And so there's a lot of people, even therapists that may talk too much and it all of a sudden becomes about theirs. And they're like, oh yeah, let me just tell you how that impacts me and blah, blah, blah. And that's happened to me and blah, blah. And it's like, there's a point of resonating in humanity of saying, I get you and I'm in your boat emotionally with you. But my goal is to direct you back to what's anchored, what's safe, what's the vision of our team and our goal and our objective. And so I think what you were touching on is so important that we hear words like vulnerability, but we have to translate. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that now they are my best friend who holds me up. But it does mean that I need to go and be responsible to make sure I'm getting those emotional needs met. And it was just last weekend that I had a friend come over to help me on a project. And she said, well, first, I feel like we're supposed to just talk about our hearts and connect. And I was internally going, I want to work on the project. Mm -hmm. And but I'm like, okay, I love you. So we'll talk about hearts. And in five minutes, I'm the one sobbing. And I'm like, I am sad. I didn't even know. And it was like, duh, like all the times that I had these little frustration moments, like the light bulb finally clicked of like, oh, I've probably been sad for a couple of weeks. You know, my mom had passed away and I went into shock denial and I've been going nonstop. And I love that stage. Uh-huh. Shock denial feels pretty good. <laughs> I think it's so great. And so I was like, oh, I was getting irritable and short and frustrated and feeling jealous and feeling all these emotions that are not normal for me. And I didn't slow down to process them like I normally do, which anybody out there, if you're not processing your emotions, it's probably a defense mechanism response because there might be something painful down there. Yeah. Caveat. Um, So for her, back to your point of being in community, I need my time with the Lord, but I also need humans who can Mm -hmm. say, Hey, that's nice. But I think we really need to go back to heart connection and not just the project or the task. And so the Lord was able to show me, actually, you've entered into the sad stage of grief and you need to embrace it instead of trying to resist it and like willpower your way through it. And how many people in the last year, year and a half, now um, have been going through huge adjustments and stress and your homeschooling and your marriage is difficult because you're having to spend so much time together in the same house. Your finances have changed. Jobs have changed. So many demands are being placed on people. And even though it may not be a macro big level trauma, um, many of you may be going through something that you need the oxygen mask on your face 
so that your kids and your spouse aren't becoming your bootleg therapist, you know, or your uh, mm. subordinates aren't becoming your little crutch to hold you up. And so I love what you said as a leader saying, hey, therapy is great. Community is great. Taking time for yourself so that then I have a full cup and I can give out of abundance. And so for me, when I was crying, I knew, you know what? I don't think I should go to therapy tomorrow. I think that would not be good stewardship of the people that I'm going to meet with because I think I'm too vulnerable. And I don't think I've ever done that before in 15 years of therapy. You chose you over the client? Yeah to choose that grieving process. And so I just, you know, apologized profusely and Mm -hmm. said, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. This is not normal. Uh And it's not a reflection of my view on you, uh, but I'm in the middle of grieving. And so I think I need to stay present with the grief um, so that I can serve you best when we do have our next meeting. Because if I don't do that, then unconsciously, I could be vulnerable to starting to get some of my needs met in ways that are not appropriate to them. Yeah. I just love that so very much. And I just have confidence, Shannon, that in your sacrificing a day, right? Like really that's cost of, that's your business. And you know, I know you hate to disappoint your clients. They need you. Sure. Yeah. But if you do the work when God's in the moment with you, I believe then it's like you're able to go further later. Like sometimes we think the short-term productivity is so important that we will sacrifice our heart in order to get the immediate result when really the heart work, like you being with your friend, mm-hmm. the project has a way of getting done anyway. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Like the whole idea of, you know, the Sabbath that God would ask us to work six days, but he would give us income for seven or, yes. you know, support for seven. Just that whole idea of uh, the more you rest in him, the more productive you become. You know, that's such a great illustration, but it is a very hard decision to make when others are depending on you yeah. and yeah. you feel weak. It would have been a lot easier to pretend, mm-hmm. but I love what you're saying. Like in your pretending, it's like the blood's leaking out of my sleep because I'm <laughs> hurting, right? Yeah. And we just pretend and go on and then people suffer because they get something odd and they don't know what that was. Right. Like, and they think it's about them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So just love what you're sharing. And I just, uh, I want to share something that I had on my heart when you were saying this, a more favorite word for me is authentic. Mm. I feel like it's important to be authentic. Like, so what I mean by that is to just be myself in every moment when I can be authentic in every moment, then I can also be present in every moment. And then it's easy for me in that moment to know the level of vulnerability needed or desired or safe, right? But I don't just go to vulnerable. I think that's not too wise, but I do go for authentic because actually, I guess in my old age and in my weakness, I finally understood I can only be what I actually am. I can only be who I am. Yeah. And that has to be enough for me and it has to be enough for other people. So when you get there, uh, it kind of slows you down a little bit in your processing. So if I were speaking to that leader, I would say, yes, vulnerability is important. But if you are authentic everywhere you go all the time, then it will be easy for you to know with what person and what season, when to open your heart, when to come in and say, yeah. hey, Shannon, I'm having a bad day today. You know, I'm just, I'm not myself today. So I'm going to do my best. But if I'm weird, you can just know I'm, I'm just having an off day. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, great, no problem. We'll work on that project and I'll, I'll understand. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know like the guts of what might've happened before I got there, right? right. So 
authentic. I want you to practice authenticity. So good. And I think just the simple act of communicating to your point, many times we're trying to fake it until we make it. And we're trying to just get the job done. And we're trying to put a stiff upper lip, whatever that expression is, instead of just saying, Hey, I need to communicate. This is where I'm at. And I don't share all the gory details. Um, I didn't go into depth of what stage I'm at and grieving for my clients. That's, that's, they don't need to carry that burden. Um, but just letting people know, Hey, I want to communicate clearly in advance. So I'm not leaving you with questions because humans are naturally egocentric. And so yeah. we're naturally going to assume it's something about me. Oh, maybe Dr. Crawford's not coming because she doesn't like me. She doesn't want to see me. Maybe there's something about me that's overwhelming or a burden. And then it files into all those rejection things throughout somebody's life. Instead of just communicating ahead of time, I care about you. I'm concerned about you. In order to do that well, here's what you need to know authentically about where I'm at. And I feel like there's a lot of leaders out there. And I just even have a sense right now that there's some people going through divorce and you're going through some personal things while you're still trying to lead and you're doing a phenomenal job, um, but it's also okay to let people know and just communicate to the degree that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, I'm going through some things. And so in this season, would you give me extra grace that, you know, I may not be at my full capacity, but I absolutely believe in you. And here's how I want to equip you to run with this or whatever other conversation that needs to happen. But just having that extra conversation can orient somebody and then it can create hopefully really loyal people that want to serve versus people that are either wondering what's going on and thinking insecure about the relationship or about their position at the organization Um, or on the other side, then now feeling anxious about um, if there's an overshare of like, oh my gosh, you know, she's cussing at me and I don't know why she's so angry and upset and it's getting displaced from something else or whatever may be happening. So uh, Jan, what would you say about creating loyal followers? Well, as you were sharing that, I was literally thinking the same word because appropriate authenticity will yield in the other person an understanding. And that understanding generally will cause that person to want to support and be a part of the team. Mm -hmm. They will say, oh, I had a bad day yesterday. I know what that feels like. I'll I'll carry my weight today. Mm -hmm. And they respect that because then they also get to see your strengths versus the example that you gave earlier of the person who was like, don't leave, don't leave. I'll die without you. That's not appropriate. So I think that loyalty comes through. It takes a long time to develop loyal teams because they're built on trust. Mm. And uh, years ago, the Lord told me one time, I wanted to go really fast. I could just see the vision. I was so excited. I wanted it to happen so fast. And I was like, you know, it's not going fast enough. I'm frustrated. And the Lord just said to me, you have a choice. You can go fast and take a few, or you can go slow and take thousands. And I made a choice that day to go slow. And I would, I would encourage that powerful leader who has such a huge vision to choose to go slow, which seems contradictive to our corporate world where it's deadlines and resources. So obviously you have to balance that with those things. But the idea that it takes more time to build a team, you have to invest more in communicating vision and uh, explaining, understanding their strengths and their part. 
giving them the resources that they need, giving them the support that they need, making the place where they sit and work a fertile ground, right? Yeah. And then eventually all that seeding will yield a harvest, right? The, the project will arise from the team. But I wanted to be like riding a wild stallion in the front, you know, and just slapping it saying, go, go, come on, y'all. I wanted all the wild renegades, you know, to run with me and God was like, well, you can do that and take a few. But I wanted to be a part of something bigger than myself. Yeah. Had it in my heart for a long time. Lord, I, what's in me is not enough to be worth all this cost and there's so much more so I want to be a part of something bigger than myself so that means I want to invest in your life I want to invest in a bigger project I want to have a goal that's so big I cannot do it myself or me and a couple of crazy people who have no personal life could do it ourselves I always wanted to take thousands like sort even now in this season of my life I feel like my life is real small in influence like and what I mean by that is not that I'm discounting my influence but I'm just saying my season is so much more personal and I feel like the anointing of my life is very intentional and I don't have to just splash it everywhere right when people need it I can bring it out and so I think I'm tempted to believe that maybe therefore I'm not leading very well or effectively or thousands but I am learning the multiplication of the kingdom of God, the math of God, mm. which is one, you know, thumbnail seed, you know, one mustard seed, which is so yeah. tiny can produce something huge. And so I'm just believing maybe it's my age. Maybe it's just hope. Maybe I'm kidding myself, but I'm believing that the seed that I have right now is the most potent seed of my life. Yeah. And my job is to get it into fertile ground. And then I have to walk away and leave the fruit. I used to get to see the fruit, right? The firecracker. Mm-hmm. I could live long enough to see the firecracker, but really I'm hoping for something generational, yes. something legacy-like, which means yeah. I might end up being, oh boy, I'm about to sound really spiritually prideful, but I'm about to be more of the Hebrew 11 person who saw something and believed yes. for it, but it was accomplished in their children and their grandchildren, right? Mm-hmm. It's good. So that take the word says that's the chapter of faith. That's the hall of faith, the yeah. hero of faith. Like, man, I could talk to God about that. Like, no, that could be the hall of disappointment, <laughs> right? Like they believed and did not see perspective. But I'm, I'm learning that his math is very profound and that my small seed could be so potent. Can I be content to believe for what will come? so you know and I'm not in a c-suite you know I'm not out there making a widget or product or selling something but can I just tell you I am in the customer service business Mm. I am selling change to people I believe people come to the church because they are desperate for change either they have something broken they want fixed they need encouragement they don't have they have a dream in their heart they can't accomplish their feel alone and they want to find somebody who will be nice to them. They want to encounter God. They don't know where to find him. Like they are showing up at the door of the hospital of the church seeking transformation. And guess what? I have the, uh, I have the medicine of change. I have the power of change in me. It is the grace of God. Wow. It is his power 
to bring transformation. Yeah. So people are searching everywhere. You know, they're searching for a product or a moment or a high top experience. But really, even though I'm not in a for-profit business to me, I am in the kingdom business and I better take it serious because people, when they show up at my door, they actually finally came to the place mm-hmm. where I can lead them to the answer. Amen. So I think about myself in a business mindset too. Like I, I have a business background. I thought I was going to own a business. I just, I'm a little surprised where I ended up, but so I think a little bit like a business person. I have that mentality. And I think that I'm in the customer service business. So I think a lot about creating environments that are inviting. I think a lot about having a culture that invites people to come in. Mm-hmm. I think a lot about, I, if I, I can have all the problem solving tools in the world, but if no one will tell me their problem, I can't help them. Wow. Um, I think about like, actually, I am a broker of the power of God. I'm not the owner. So I have to keep bringing people to the source right over and over again. So yeah. Yeah. So my team is a little different. We don't have a good bottom line measurement. I don't know the yield of my life until I stand in his presence. And I'm hoping, yeah, I'm just hoping that in my weakness, in my, in my vulnerability, in my Mm -hmm. authenticity, Mm -hmm. that this season, the lighthouse season is very, very fruitful. I hope. Wow. Wow. And I feel like there's a lot of people, whether you, whether you see yourself as a leader or not, I believe there are a lot of listeners right now that there is a mantle of leadership on your life and you are more influential than you realize. But I feel like the tactic of the enemy is to get you distracted in one of several ways. And a few that we've talked about today, um, how many of us are looking for the outward big fireworks and we're looking for the big um, event or (laughs) bottom dollar tie to affirm us instead of having that affirmation inside. And like Pastor Jan, I mean, she's an incredible leader. If you want to follow her and know her history of what she's actually built and created and the teams and the organizations and events that she has innovated, um, that she is that kind of a leader. But for her, as somebody I highly respect to say, man, that was awesome. And there was good fruit from that. But now the season after that is so much sweeter because we're going deep and we're creating deep foundations in people that creates a legacy that lives far beyond me. An event is exciting and it does have transformation. There is power in that. But how much more if I now multiply and I replicate and I create leaders who now carry that, just like Jesus, he could take Take 12 guys, uh, well, 11, and then multiply and translate that throughout the entire world that now people today, 2000 plus years later are still talking about him because of the leaders, the few that he went deep with. And I feel like if we would change our mind, change our perspective from looking the way the world does at outward success and man's approval and applaud, and instead saying, God, what is the best yes in this situation? How do I serve well? How do I love well? What does grace look like? Which includes speaking the truth, just doing it in love. Yes. And I think there's people like Pastor Jan who can give us so much wisdom and wise counsel. And I think that it is a privilege. And I hope that we could have her back because there's so many more questions I have that I'm trying to restrain myself so that we just keep it in the time frame. But I want to thank you. I want to honor you. And we're going to put links to this book and Women at War is the other book. Is that correct? Yes. Um, yes. And she also has a mentoring group. 
Uh, I don't know if that's open or if it's. You a can go to bravestronggirl.org and find out more about sort of those mentoring opportunities in that community. Perfect. And you can find links to those books there too. But uh, yeah, I would love that so much. Thank you for that. Uh, yes. Come, come see me. Come, come find out all the fabulous women like like Shannon who are you can find there. There's so many amazing uh, connections, right? Yeah. And to your point, being in community. So you find women. I love Nameless Collaborative, Brave Strong Girl. There's so many out there. I think ASA is another one, AWSA, where female influencers, leaders, and obviously this show is not just geared toward females. This just happened to be the ones I know. C12 is another great one. Uh, Excellence in Leadership is another one uh, that are more um, gender neutral. Can I just always say that leadership principles, godly principles are never gendered. We present yes. them in a gendered format because we relate, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that we've talked about today that is specific to a woman versus a man. Mm-hmm. These principles will work. They will work whether you're leading men or women. You don't even have to be worried about that yeah. or whether you're following a man or a woman. These principles will serve you well god says you know neither male nor female so i just want to be sure to say to you don't be anxious about your gender nor please don't close your ear because Mm -hmm. of our gender yeah so good thank you we love you you guys oh thank you we love you guys and we will see you for the next episode bye Hey friends, thanks for listening. We would love for you to get plugged in with the Unlock You community. So follow the links below and stay up to date with upcoming content, events, and groups. We are here to invest in you and tailor episodes around your interests. Post comments, and hey, if there are any specific topics you'd like to hear about, let us know so we can strategically build content that is meaningful to you. And will you share this podcast so we can invest into more amazing people? Be sure to hit subscribe so we can see you for the next episode.